The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast, Dr. Taz. Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back to Superwoman Wellness, where on every episode of the show, we are going to uncover the secrets to being superpowered and being the superwoman you are meant to be. Joining me today is Carol Garner Houston. She is the co-founder and chief medical officer of Brain Harmony, which is specializing in treating neurological disorders without pharmaceuticals. In their groundbreaking telemedicine program, Brain Harmony applies the principles of neuroplasticity of the brain to treat PTSD, anxiety, sensory, and auditory processing, stress and sleep, speech and communication, autism, learning and dyslexia, and so much more. Carol is an occupational therapist with 23 years of experience and the recipient of the Health System Innovation Award from the National Association of Public Hospitals and Health Systems. Welcome to the show, Carol. Thank you for having me. I am so fascinated by this topic, neuroplasticity, our children, their brains, us, all of it. I really think it is a such a, such a critical issue. It is a public health crisis that I think we're all going to be facing in the next 50 years. I'm excited to learn about the work you're doing. Can you tell me about Brain Harmony, the premise behind it, and how it's addressing some of these issues that we're seeing today? Yes. Um, so, like you said, I've been an occupational therapist for 23 years, um, and I worked the old conventional medical model and inpatient, outpatient rehab, um, essentially getting the highest level of training to try and um, provide the clients with the tools and the exercises and the support to uh, make manual changes in the brain for the highest level of functioning. Um, it's, it was a, it's a wonderful journey. Um, we did amazing work. Um, there's still that amazing work is being done out there, but it wasn't until I was introduced to, um, some tools that are neuroplastic that when I started to layer those into my regular practice, it blew everything away as far as outcomes. Um, it's an accelerant. Several of these tools, we use um, bone conduction and sound frequencies to make changes in the brain, and it is changing everything in the outcomes um, and rehabilitation. Um, essentially, you know, the conventional medical model is very good at saving your life if you have a stroke mm-hmm. or if you're in a car accident and have a traumatic brain injury, for example. But once they save your life and put you through a few weeks of rehab, um, then what? Most right. are at the it's... mercy of their couch or their computer screen, right? And as well as being dependent upon a caregiver to fill in the missing pieces and gaps. Um, the same conventional medical model is also good at assigning you a diagnosis like autism, a learning disability, a developmental delay, anxiety, depression. But now right. that you have that diagnosis, then what? Um, right. Well, you know the drill. It's, it's pharmaceuticals. So, right. um, and then for the children, let's give them amphetamine. Right. <laughs> you know, that'll help the physician's bottom line because amphetamines take um, a lot of follow-up appointments to monitor how they're doing. Um, but amphetamines for children, it's it's just not sustainable. And so, we searched um, for the most powerful tools in the world um, to make the changes in the brain that we're looking for, and we package it in a way that um, allows families to have access to this care. So we ship them the tools, um, and we help them open the box in their home, and we coach them through an individualized therapy program, and we work our way with the neuroplastic tools to function in health. 
So talk to us about uh, the, how, how does this work? How does sound frequency and bone conduction make you faster, stronger, and smarter? What's happening there? Well, in my 23 years as an OT, we've found that sound is a nutrient for the brain. Um, mm. We use the sound frequencies and bone conduction to establish a matrix of optimal functioning in the brain. Um, I'll tell you how it works. We created a system called CALM. It is a bottom-up approach that mimics how people actually learn by taking all cognitive angles into consideration. While most protocols aim to address one skill at a time, our bottom-up approach generates the framework from which higher executive function may be reached. The first phase in rehabilitating the human system is to provide comfort and safety. The neurological system is fed acoustic stimulation that calms the heart, breathing, and sensory systems, facilitating a better reception of the reorganization to come. Once okay, we help me, our clients hang feel on. safe... Carol. Here, let me stop sure. you for just a second because we want to we want to break it down we so that we could follow it. So, so what's happening sure. first? Is it that uh, a sound frequency is being played to a child or to an adult? Is that is that what's happening? And then that's calming the nervous system yeah. down. So that's kind of yeah. the first step. So, and, yes, that's exactly right. So we we are um, acquiring all different states of neurological. Um, disorganization for the clients who are reaching us, right? Um, they are different ages. They are different diagnoses. Um, but the brain doesn't know um, how old it is or um, what diagnosis it has. It only knows how to change based upon the input that's given. So essentially with all healing, the first thing we do with these clients is we take them to the very basic human need, and which is to feel and function in safety. And so we do this, um, you know, you can try to uh, decrease anxiety and help to convince someone that they're safe, but we're addressing it on, from a neurological standpoint. Um, so, for example, we use a tool, it lasts about, um, the protocol lasts for about five days, one hour a day, five days in a row, the individual dons a headset that has sound frequencies that have been configured to impact very specific parts of the brain. Um, how is that? How is that discovered? Uh, how how did they match a sound frequency to a part of the brain? How did that even happen to begin with? Well, Dr. Tomatis was um, the original um, physician who started working with um, these sound frequencies um, when he was uh, working with opera singers. So that was back in the 70s, and he began to understand that there were certain frequencies that they were working with that impacted um, the singer on a physiological um, and emotional level. So he began to play with the different frequencies and how it would make them feel um, in their body and their mind. Um, he was actually known to enjoy the higher frequency uh, music himself because it's, it can be very elevating. And so um, frequently we use those higher frequency programs for our friends who are depressed, um, for our friends who are, you know, very sedentary, um, or their, um, their learning or executive functioning is just dormant. We um, bring them through a seat. We expose the inner ear and the brain to these sound frequencies. Um, with this bottom-up approach, it fills the basic needs of the central nervous system on a very primary level. And then we continue to build these connections in the brain, and that's where the function comes from. So first we make them feel calm. We play this music 
the first music has uh, human voices in it. Because anatomically, as humans, we are set up to be social creatures to survive. Um, for many of us, that hasn't been activated or it hasn't been activated very well, um, and or they've had uh, trauma or injury and disease. So uh, what we do is we expose them to these sound frequencies with human voices in it. It exercises the muscles in a very specific way that allows for the prosodic features of the, the music, the voices in the music, to pass through the tympanic membrane and specifically reach the vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve is the tent. Are you familiar with that one? We're getting a lot of, um, there's a lot of growth in that area of um, clients doing their research and wanting to reset the vagus nerve and the autonomic nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it's just such a powerful way to really get in very quickly instead of waiting and sitting and talking about how you want to um, decrease your anxiety or talking about um, how the coping skills that you need to have, this allows for us to settle the neurological system on a level that has never never really been that possible um, in five days. So it's, it's really just a fascinating process to watch um, the evolution of these sound frequencies. So that's been one five-day listening program. But then what we do is um, Dr. Minson over at Integrated Listening Systems, um, he had a child, he's a, a neuropsychiatrist, and he had a child uh, with dyslexia. And, and he had worked with Dr. Tomatis, who had created uh, and, and learned with these, their different zones or frequencies that can do different things in the brain. And so he he worked with Tomatis and created an even more detailed uh, frequency pattern that can pinpoint um, specific parts of the brain. We can stimulate that, um, build connections, and then what you see is function. Uh, so we, a major part of our program is exposing the inner ear and the brain to these sound frequencies to do very specific things in the brain and the neurological system. Goodness, that is that fascinating. Help? And that does help. And there's so much great work being done in the vagus nerve and how that's impacting all of these different diagnoses we, we see today. I do want to talk about uh, two things. I want to talk about ADHD and I want to talk about dyslexia. So tell us a little bit about ADHD and how you are saying we can lose an ADHD diagnosis in 90 days and make it may, maybe break it down into like uh, the top five ways to do that. So um, the quickest route to losing an ADHD diagnosis is to understand where attention comes from. Attention is a higher cortical brain function and is dependent upon the solid foundation of the lower levels of the central nervous system. Um, And that is why we usually at this point reference our clients to the pyramid of learning. Um, It's definitely on our website on the uh, science tab. But I feel like, you know, I carry this chart around with me everywhere because it's a great visual to helping people understand um, why someone doesn't have the attention that they're looking for. Um, so what we do is you see in the pyramid of learning that frequently attention is, is one of those higher cortical um, skills. Well, we come in and do a bottom-up approach. Attention is dependent upon the sensory system being um, optimally, optimally able to function, um, postural security, reflex maturity. Um, you have to have the uh, correct ocular motor skills to be able to um, get your eyes to stay where you want them to stay so you can process and attend to what's being given to you. 
So um, it's really uh, important to understand that it's not just this one skill that is is floating out there that we're going to try to pinpoint with maybe a stimulant medication. Um, we're going to reorganize the brain from a bottom up so that the individual can um, attend to what they need to filter out what they don't um, and then allow for us to see uh, more learning and then that individual's unique uh, purpose here, because right now they're working so hard just to be able to attend and to calm their body to pay attention, and um, we've got to do it, we've got to address it from the central nervous system very deep within and build those skills upward. Um, the, um, the programs combine sound movement that stimulates the subcortical activity while improving the ability of the brainstem and the cerebellum to process sensory information leading to the cortex. So, so it's mainly targeted so it's, skills or is is it mainly sound therapy then or is that the primary way to lose an ADHD diagnosis? Is that the primary modality? The primary that is our primary accelerant modality. But what we also do is uh, is we will assess a client, let's say their again, their ocular motor skills we're finding that um, we really wish that people would come and see us before they actually reach out for an ADHD diagnosis because frequently what happens is the child can't separate their eyes from their head, which is um, a skill of a five-year-old. They have the inability to complete 20 psychotic eye movements, which is, is not a lot compared to what that eye movement is required in the everyday activities. Um, we put them through pursuits, convergence, and divergence. The functional eye movements um, required for them to function during their day, and frequently they can't keep their eyes on the um, on a on a target for more than 13 seconds. Well, when their eyes look away, there goes their attention. Um, so we can craft a protocol to help fine tune that. You never do ocular motor though without addressing the primitive retained reflexes. Um, as humans, we're all born with them. It helps us survive outside of the womb. Um, but by year one to year three, they're supposed to all be integrated. Now, integrated doesn't mean they disappear. Integrated means that they've just been um, integrated into the central nervous system and the, uh, and the cerebral cortex can take over. And when I was in school, you know, they taught us that, well, um, you can, depending upon, you know, the stroke or the traumatic brain injury, how deep in the brain, you may see this re-expression of these primitive retained reflexes. Well, what we're finding these days is we have 9, 10, and 11-year-olds who are still restricted by infantile reflex patterns. Um, their body is moving as one unit. They've got that super start, you know, the startle, the moro reflex. It's super on. So they're very high anxiety. They're very high stress. Um, their emotional regulation is dysfunctional, and their physical uh, development is limited as well. So we'll assess those, um, provide the individual with some neurological um, exercises, but you combine those with the accelerant of these modalities, and that's why in three months we're seeing IQ points being changed. That's why in three months um, we see individuals uh, who are gaining a year's, plural, worth of language arts and math skills as evidenced on uh, state standardized assessments. Um, that is also why we are taking a 63-year-old gentleman who has survived four strokes and his long rehab 
uh, stint who was just sitting on his couch and um, the wife was so concerned because he's just um, pulling farther and farther away from the, the person that she knew. Um, he was pulling away from the person that he knew. Um, he couldn't communicate with his family members. Um, so within two months' time frame, um, it's, it's just fantastic. We expose them. Um, we get the brain moving again and thinking and building connections. Um, and it's been, especially when it's been laying dormant, and then to watch what happens um, with the phone calls and what he's able to do and the wife calling to say, hey, he self-initiated. He got up and did the laundry today, which he hasn't done in 25 years, even before the stroke. So, you know, it's it's showing you um, how much is possible when you address the whole neurological system in the brain um, and and to use the most cutting-edge technology out there with the skilled um, uh, specialists of our occupational therapists. There's just really nothing that we can't do. That is fascinating. And then maybe just a quick second on how that's different for something like dyslexia. So dyslexia, um, I love when a friend comes in um, and has a diagnosis of dyslexia. Um, I kind of take it as a personal dare to see if I can um, uh, get them to the level where they no longer meet that diagnostic criteria. Um, so, for example, we have lots of case studies as well um, that show um, not only this story that I'm saying, but but so many others. Um, and they're all on our website if you click in the science page and you go through the tabs of the different diagnostic categories, there's lots of research and it's, it's sitting right there and dyslexia is one of my favorites. So we have this little boy who comes in, um, he is being held back for kindergarten, it was a disaster, um, he's not reading, he's not writing, um, all the behavioral issues that go along with that. Um, the family, the school has done all kinds of uh, special reading groups and everybody's trying to manually create changes in the brain. They're trying to manually convince this child that he wants to read. They're trying to manually create all these things around him to get him to read. Um, mm-hmm. They were going to, so they came to us. Um, he can only come and see us one time a week, which is, which is the absolute minimum, right? For any sort of input. So I, I work, we worked with what we had, which was one time a week. So what we did was we addressed the oculomotor skills his balance, we address the reflex integration, all while wearing these accelerants. And um, we reorganized his brain. Um, the pathways that he has frequently with dyslexia, with dysgraphia, all the disses, it's disorganization. So we provide the brain with this input and it reorganizes the brain in the most logical fashion possible and builds connections between all parts of the brain. So, of course, it's more efficient. And, of course, then he was able to um, not only meet expectations in his kindergarten year, but exceed them because we spent that summer preparing his brain, reorganizing his system, allowing him to be more teachable, more regulated. Um, He had the neurological skills so that when he got to school in August, he he could follow through. He could do what the teacher was asking him. There wasn't anything holding him back from um, attempting to read. And then once he attempted to read and his eyes could do what he needed to do and his brain could store, then he just enjoyed reading. And that that's the beauty of these tools because who's ever heard of changing a diagnostic code and no longer meeting the diagnostic criteria of dyslexia? That doesn't happen. Really what happens is you get private schools, compensatory strategies, and really expensive tutors. And you're compensating. You're compensating for this dis 
all over the place, um, when instead you could just reorganize the brain and then you no longer meet those um, diagnostic criteria. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, This is all such great, great information, and I hope the audience is following it. The bottom line, what I'm pulling out of it for everybody out there listening today is we know, I already know, that we have an epidemic of ADHD, sensory processing issues, dyslexia, learning issues, so much going on with the brain. But this whole theory of sound Mm -hmm. frequency and bone conduction is a modality that helps to calm the brain down. Basically, these brains are on fire. Different areas of the brains have gotten ignited is probably the best way to describe it. And by applying some of these sound frequencies and bone conduction uh, techniques, we can calm the brain down, we can calm the vagus nerve down, we can strengthen it so that it then allows neuroplasticity, new brain development, new neurons forming and touching, and really helps to push people forward. Uh, I'm excited about options that are non-pharmaceutical. I sit and practice every day and try to help patients navigate, you know, when they might need a medication versus when there are other ways to calm a brain down. And I think as we move forward in science and we understand that frequency can be mapped as we are doing in practice, frequency can be directed and that it can then promote Uh healing. I think we just have an amazing, amazing world of opportunity ahead for so many people today who are struggling and quite honestly, just not getting answers. Why do you think the current model mm-hmm. of neurological disorders is really not working? What, what do you think the, the main fail is there? Well, I mean, I think a large piece of it is something that, you know, I, I, I uh, hear you say frequently and many of your podcast um, interviewers are, are stating, and it's exciting because many of our clients are actually coming to us and they've done their research. They're healing their gut. They're eating food to decrease inflammation. They're addressing detoxing. They're using an integrative functional medicine approach to heal on a cellular level. That's what's missing from the conventional medical model. And people um, are very disillusioned by it. There's lots of trauma there. Um, There's some good things, right? So they can get you a little bit of things, some stabilization. But um, the long-term changes that people are looking for, they just don't have access to it in the conventional medical model. But... They're doing their research. They're connecting with practitioners like you. Um, then, and then the practitioners are teaching them how to change their perspective. And the neural, the, right now, the, uh, the system is set up in this very slow revolving door that keeps you coming back. Um, but you're really not getting any better. Um, and that's the way it's set up. And, uh, you know, you have to, to build your business plan for a rehabilitation, um, system like that is is built on the individuals being dependent upon that system to function. And that is where this is a complete break from that. This is you can, uh, we can reorganize the brain, the neurological system, empower you um, from the inside out, and then you can grow past anything that anything in the, in the hospital system um, can tell you. There's just the hope, um, the potential, um, the the uh, the daring to try something new just doesn't exist in there, and but people are turning outside of it and reaching out to practitioners like you and I. So it's a very exciting time to be working in this field. Absolutely. Well, if anyone wants to learn more about the work that you're doing and about brain harmony, what is the best way for them to connect with you? Uh, our website, brainharmony.com, um, is 
absolutely a fun place to go. There are lots of testimonial videos of before and after what we're seeing with um, post-concussive syndrome. We're having fantastic outcomes with that. Sensory processing, speech and language disorders. Um, Play the videos. Click on the science page and look at the tabs at the bottom. You can go very deep into some of those diagnostic categories where it gives you um, the history of the diagnostic category, the history of, of ways to treat it and how we're treating it and the outcomes and why they're so different. Um, it's just so exciting to have all of that nice and condensed there on that website. It's a, it's a joyful place to go, especially when you're struggling um, with a family member who, who is really um, not where y'all need them to be. So um, it's a wonderful website to, to look through. Fantastic. And for everyone else, thank you for listening to this episode of Superwoman Wellness, which is now on Spotify as well. If you have questions about today's show, feel free to connect with me on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Taz MD. And if you enjoyed the show, please rate and review and share it with your friends. Thank you, Carol, for joining us. And for everybody else, I'll see you next time.